Wonder Film Festival in San Francisco, which runs through June 29th. On today's show, we have three local filmmakers whose work can be seen in Frameline 32. Next week, we have a conversation with Michael Lumpkin, the outgoing artistic director for Frameline. Frameline, the San Francisco International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Film Festival, is June 19th through the 29th. And KPFA and Open Book is proud to welcome to our studios three of the filmmakers who are being featured at this year's festival. We have Melinda Bagatellos, Doris Klar, who are the directors, co-directors of Lesbro, don't you know? discovered that certain biological men display a particular affinity for the company of same-sex desiring women, commonly referred to as lesbians. This unique kinship is often brotherly, inspiring the male to be endearingly termed lesbro. You know, bro, brother, bro, you know, bro, bro, okay? Les, lesy, bro. Les bro. Les, oh, okay. Les, bro. Les bro. The term les bro means to me guys who are really good friends with lesbians, like maybe fags hags are to gay guys. I think me and lesbians get on so well because they don't see me as a threat. They see me as just like, hey, fun, arriving here. And we also have Carl Brown, who has a documentary, Second Verse, Rebirth of Poetry. The art of competitive poetry. You are scored on the content of the writing and the performance of how you deliver your poem. Fifteen. All right, so good luck, y'all. People just compete in order to make it to the semifinals. Semifinals, there's two rounds. If you make it to the first round, you make it. To, you go to the second round. If you pass second round, you go to finals. Welcome to the Grand Slam Finals, the eighth annual You Speak Team Poetry Slam. Give yourself a hand for being here tonight. Poetry needed breath of fresh air. With poetry, we've been taught in schools, you know, hey, this is a sonnet, this is a sextet, this is this, this is that. And if you write this way, then you're writing poetry. That wasn't working. Poetry had died. Poetry really had died in this sort of American consciousness. And we helped to bring it back to life, which is exciting. Welcome to KPFA. Thanks so much for having us. I'd like to begin with uh, the two co-directors for Lesbro. Now, um, this is part of the Dykes Delight shorts. And I was watching the film, and all the other films part of this shorts feature are basically fictional type of things. And I thought, oh, this is a documentary. But then I go, oh, wait, I'm being punked a little, I guess. Uh, is there such a thing as lesbros, and where did you come up with the idea? Well, yes, there are lesbros, and that's why we wanted to make a film about it. Uh, we have a lot of friends as dykes that are guys, and there's always been the word fag hag um, bantied around. We thought, you know, who are the, what can we call these guys that really would rather hang out with a bunch of hot dykes? So um, lesbros actually, um, we've heard of different people have created the term. Um, it's not mainstream yet, but a lot of people know about it. Now I think hopefully even more well. So the lesbros part of the film are actual lesbros? 
Yeah, there definitely are lesbos. So there is a very documentary aspect to the film, but then we have a lot of fun with it, with adding a music video element and adding kind of a 1940s style interview overlay who, who defines what, what a lesbro is. The following attributes may help you spot them in the wild, or possibly even within yourself. The lesbro has a flair for fashion and takes pride in his dashing good looks. No, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident around straight women, yeah. Yeah. How, how do I? Do you think I'm confident, Rashford? I think I'm fair. I think I'm pretty confident. I think within the last six months, Nathan has become like a torpedo around straight women. He's known for his keen self-expression, as well as for his sensitivity to others. People think that maybe you can't talk with a lesbian about sex, but that's totally wrong. So you share you share a lot of good things and. It's interesting, the point of view of the lesbians, no? I live with lesbians because they're really good at paying the bills on time, and they're really good at, like, calling my ass up or, like, kicking me out of bed at 10 in the morning and going, Andy, pay the bills on time right now! We really want to mix genres, so, you know, checking out the little boxes, is it experimental, is it narrative, is it documentary? We want to check all of them because it's complicated, just like sexuality is. So, Dara, is this your first film, uh, first documentary that you've done? Um, it's not my first film. It's my first that played with reality in the way that it does. Um, I had an, um, It's my fourth film, actually, at Frameline, and I'm really excited to be back there yet again. It's the best festival in the world, and I know, because I've, I've been to a lot of them. And Melinda, so this is your first encounter with uh, uh, having a, a film in the festival? Yeah, it's my first festival film, so it's really exciting for me. I can't wait for a screening next week. Now, uh, lesbos can be gay or straight or bi. Um, can you give us some examples of uh, men who are lesbos that we might be able to pinpoint? Like, I'm thinking maybe Justin Timberlake or uh, Tom Cruise uh, as famous lesbos because of their relationships with uh, out and not so very out uh, lesbians like uh, Ellen DeGeneres and Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Well, we've been having a lot of fun lately saying, who's Lindsay Lohan's lesbro? True, true, true. But, yeah, I mean, uh, are any really well-recognizable lesbros out there? It's actually not something I've thought about, so now I'm going to have to go home and and think a lot about it. I think that there's just not a lot of famous lesbians um, to begin with, so it's hard to know, you know, who are the guys that they're hanging out with. Well, I venture to say that Ernest Hemingway was a lesbo Absolutely. from his relationship with the... Sylvia Beach, yeah, right, everybody. Right. Yeah, those, I mean, literally, in, and whoever was hanging out with Emily Dickinson, there you are. Uh, famous lesbos. I love that. But, uh, yeah, maybe a feature on Hemingway being a, uh, a lesbro. Um, now, this is a short. Are you looking to expand the film into a full feature? You know, we've talked about it a bit, but what we thought we'd do is do try and do, in, in the short term, do a few creative elements. So trying to do podcasts and do blogging and, and trying to potentially do more short interviews about people and their lesbos and trying to build out that relationship and maybe build a website to it and try and have some more multimedia creative elements to it than 
strictly going and doing a full-length feature. Right now, we just show a lot of Bay Area lesbros, and we get, keep getting emails and people telling, oh, my God, I have an awesome lesbro. In Boston, he wrote a song about why he loves lesbians. I have, I have an, I know a lesbro. Everyone who sees our, and we talk to our film about wants to tell us about their lesbro, and we want to encourage that for people to go to our MySpace page, show, post pictures of their lesbros, and let's start a community and a dialogue about you know how guys and dykes like to hang out together. Uh, now, the transition from lesbros to second verse and poetry is uh, a, a really awkward one, but I do want to bring Carl Brown into this. His film is a feature film. It's uh, Second Verse, Rebirth of Poetry, and it's a documentary about the 8th annual Youth Speaks Poetry Slam, Brave New Voices. We want to just get up here and just break you up like this We want to keep just a little bit of the candy coated. You know we're bringing it harder than folks could ever have wanted to. We're erupting and just giving you a little bit of the fuck. Giving you a little bit of what you just wanted. You never had to ask for bitch. You couldn't have ordered a little bit of the mortal like the Lord of the Rings. That's what I'm saying. I'm king. You know that everything I bring is what everybody wanted. I just the one who buzzing on the microphone. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the festival circuit. We've been, um, we played, this frame line will be our fifth festival. Um, we're really excited about it. And we've been, um, thus far, we've been really stoked about all of the love we've been getting from festivals, both um, in the UK and then here locally. And, um, you know, it's more about um, young people learning to express themselves and overcome a myriad of challenges um, than it is about the competition. Um, it is centered around um, the 8th Annual Brave New Voices competition, but it's really about these four amazing teenagers, and it's it's a view into this community, um, which at times can be, you know, be pretty tight-knit. Um, you know, it shows how spoken word, poetry, slam performance has really is really changing the urban um, teenage culture in the Bay Area. You know, it's it's the rebirth of poetry. So we have the beats, and now we have you know slam performance poetry. So it's it's really about um, the transformative power of spoken word. Now, is this your first feature? This is my first feature. Yeah. And how did you come about uh, choosing this as a subject matter? In 2003, I went to the Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you Speaks uh, celebration. And I went there with a friend. Um, we sat in the back. And, you know, for three hours, I was just, I was moved. I was inspired. Um, I was uh, challenged. Um, you know, I, I laughed. Um, I mean, really, it, um, it just moved me in a way that I thought, um, I need to make a film about these young people, you know, and I'd just gotten into digital filmmaking, um, and, uh, you know, I called up the director of You Speaks, James Cass, and I said, you know, I'd really love to work with you. Um, and, um, you know, through a roundabout set of circumstances, I ended up partnering with some other filmmakers, and we started on the project. You've mentioned the, the young people who are featured, uh, in the film. I just like to, see how you chose these particular individuals to have featured in your film. You have uh, Emiliano. People tell me that I can't walk all the time. But it doesn't hurt at all. It feels good to fall. And this one will scar. A thin, clean gash from hitting metalhead of shower. I haven't seen my blood for a long time. 
Never realized that it was something I became so used to it gave me comfort. I don't talk about my disability. So I wrote this piece about having cerebral palsy. It was like a really, really important piece to me and it still is. Um, and I performed it probably like five times. Uh, and the first time it was like an incredible release, you know? The changes made and the new shoes. Especially the first time you do a poem. Uh, it's like the first time you hear a really good song. Like there's a certain magic to it because you've never heard yourself saying it before or heard the song before or whatever. So um, after that, like the nervousness goes down more. It just becomes easy. Maybe now I can finally flush something out, close my eyes and let it flow. Listen to this angel that has fallen smack in the middle of this country. Whisper, bleed, baby, bleed and start over and let my problems sing. Mm -hmm. um, and Milani. That's right. I wonder if, as he lay there, if before the switches in his brain began clicking off one by one, if before his eyes began to roll back into his skull, if before the music in the other room began to fade before the song was even over, I wonder if then he thought of me. Maybe my father. I pray that my father thought about how much it would hurt that we never got to say goodbye and was sorry. And Yosemar. I remember that on my 12th birthday, as I blew the candles, I prayed to the Creator to change me, to bless me with heterosexuality, take the so-called wickedness out of my body, take me back to those simple days before I knew the definition of sexuality, before puberty distorted my identity, stripped my innocence, tore me apart, and spit me into adolescence, disjointed and in pieces. Sometimes, sometimes I wish I were nothing, invisible like breath, like wind, just spirit, no body, no head. Sometimes I wish I were nothing. Nothing but voice. Mm -hmm. And George. I am Cupid. The liaison of love. The constable of crush. The soldier of swoon. What I wanted to say with the poem was that there is a lot of injustice in the world and that love basically needs to be realized on a global scale instead of just um, nationally. Watch it go make out with India in the backseat of its Camaro. Not to hurt you, just to show you what some loving can do. The age of fighting is through. We'll be as close to super glue. You get off your ass and show some goddamn love to Cupid too. Uh, how did you choose these uh, four individuals uh, to feature? Well, um through you know it's, it, it, so this is a five-year project and you know the way that we started the project was just shooting you know youth speaks um competitions and getting to know the community and um you know we had an agreement with james cass and you speak that we could come and shoot these performances um as long as we kind of you know made available to them performance footage etc and so we really got to see and learn about, you know, who were the strong poets, but more than that, who had a story to tell, you know, and those folks really started standing out. In fact, we had, you know, I think we probably had a dozen characters, um, but because it's a fluid um, artistic community, you know, and, and these are teenagers, um, 
you know, those characters weren't always easy to follow up with. So the way that we ended up with George and Milani, Emiliano and, and Yosemar is that, um, you know, they in some way or another invited us into their life, you know, and they had a story um, that that was different from each other. We really wanted to show the diversity of this community. And, um, you know, as you'll see in the film, you know, uh, uh, each poet talks about something different. Um, and who really stands out as the main character is Yosemar. And, and he, um, you know, is grappling with a, a multitude of issues, um, you know, being um, undocumented, um, living in a poor neighborhood, um, being queer, um, and... Um, and and he just started writing when we found him. You know, he had been writing for about four months. We really wanted to find a character that we could show evolving through the process of the film, and he and he did that. And uh, these individuals, uh, I, I guess, if you started the project five years ago, these are actually young uh, men and a young woman now, um, really moving on in the area of expression and poetry. I. I, I'm assuming that they are still doing it and, and working with other young folks. Uh, is there a, a planned follow-up or an extension of this uh, current documentary to, um, or for the DVD release, the <laughs> the extra interviews with uh, with where they are now? Yeah, I mean that that's always a really interesting element. I mean these are amazing young people, you know, and um a lot of them are going to, you know, Ivy League schools. Um Yosemar is um is the the poet that we stay in touch with the most. He's in San Jose and because of his immigration status, um he um it's a little bit harder for him to get into school. So um so we stay in really close contact with him and he comes to all of our screenings. Um he does a lot of community outreach. He teaches third graders. He was just down in LA. He um just recorded a track with Santana. Um you know, he's really um developed as an artist and as a community activist and um and you know the D V D will have um you know additional footage that we shot during production but it'll also have follow up footage and that's you know that's what we're working on right now is distribution so we're we're talking with several distributors um you know really trying to get legs um past the festival circuit you're listening to cover to cover open book on kpfa what has your experience with this particular festival been like well, we're, I, you know, I'm um, really excited to be a part of Frameline. You know, when we did Second Verse, we didn't um, realize that one of our <laughs> characters would use the film um, to uh, to talk about his sexuality. In fact, when we started shooting, we could tell that Yosemar was probably, um, you know, dealing with um, some sexuality issues, um, with some identity issues. But we didn't, you know, go there until we were invited. And after we shot the film, you know, he asked us to come back and and told us that he had more to say. And um, and he came out on camera with some poetry, and and that's how we closed the film. So I'm actually, you know, I'm from a, a pretty diverse family. My mom's lesbian, and um, and I never, um, you know, I'm just, I never really saw that as too much part of my identity. But being part of Frameline, I really feel like I've been welcomed into a community as a lesbro. <laughs> welcomed <laughs> into is. a community um, of of talented and expressive folks to talk about these really important issues. 
And Melinda? Yeah, from my perspective, this is obviously my first festival, and I've done a number of film projects um, thus far, but my first festival, so I'm just really excited to go in and meet meet other filmmakers and meet other artists and have an opportunity to show my work, but also to see other people's work and talk about their creative process and, and really get to build my you know my knowledge base of the community and and access to other people who are creating really dynamic interesting artwork in in the bay area and dara how about you well one of the reasons that i'm a filmmaker i think is because of frameline i co-produced a film called sweet boy with karen everett who taught at berkeley many years ago and what I didn't realize was that that enabled me to go to all these parties and screenings and meet so many amazing filmmakers and volunteers and people that really loved um, making queer film in the Bay Area. And staying in touch with those people over the years, I've assistant directed on their projects or produced. Um, they've worked on mine. And we just have such a rich community of filmmakers that Frameline really nurtures. It's not just the festival. It's throughout the year and the relationships that um, that I'm so excited to have as a result. Uh, Melinda and Dara, uh, what's next for you in the area of film and creativity? Well, in terms of this film, I think we're going to look in to put, put it in more festivals down the line, but I think Dara and I are going to be working on another project that she's directing, and I'm going to work on some cinematography for moving forward. And Carl? Um, you know, with Second Verse, uh, you know, you talked about us being local filmmakers. I, I'm, I'm in West Oakland. I have a small um, video production company called Corduroy Media, and, um, you know, we produce all sorts of content. But with Second Verse, we're, um, you know, really trying to find a distributor. We really think that this um, film, um, you know, has a chance to play, um, you know, play broadcast. I think it's really um, a message that needs to be heard um, about these powerful young people. And and um and so that's that's where we're at right now we're not i'm not thinking about the the next feature length quite yet but just thinking about getting second verse out there to the to the greater public now a note to our listeners we are pre-recording this show and i do believe we're airing the show that on the same day <coughs> the screening for second verse is and so there might uh be a chance that some listeners might want to see uh, the film and might not have a chance to rearrange their schedule. So, uh, is there a website uh, that they can go to, or is there another festival that they might be able to keep an eye out for uh, Second Verse? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're playing at the Roxy on June 20th at 6 p.m. And if you're not able to make that screening, please check us out at www. Second. That's with a two N D. Uh, versefilm.com so that's secondversefilm.com and you know uh, give uh, Mill Valley Film Festival a call and say that you really want to see Second Verse in, in the lineup because we've applied to that film festival and would be honored to uh, to be among the selections. So um, you know, there's there's several other film festivals that we haven't heard back from yet, but um, um, right now that's that's our last screening for the Bay Area uh, as of yet. So that's uh, Roxy Film Center at three one one seven Sixteenth Street in San Francisco, and it's going to be tonight, June twentieth at six p.m. Right? That's correct. And uh, the 28th is the time for all the lesbros to get together yeah. with their lesbian friends and to sit and 
cheer on fellow lesbos and and where is your screening at we're screening at the Castro Theater at 3.30 in the Dyke Delight segment, short Dyke segment. Dyke Delights. Dyke Delights. So everybody should come out at 3.30 to the Castro Theater, come out with your lesbro, come, all the dykes come out, and then watch the movies, and then go to Dolores Park for, for some dyke marching. I've had the opportunity to see some of the other films. Very diverse, very creative, uh, and a unique selection. Uh, there is a one with a sheep. Um, I know that filmmaker. I actually yeah. worked on a film with her recently. Yeah, there's something about uh, <laughs> you would just never imagine. But uh, <laughs> there's sheep and dolls and lesbros. It is a virtual uh, garden of dykes delights uh, on uh, with the shorts. You're listening to open book here on kpfa we are speaking with three bay area filmmakers uh, who are part of this year's san francisco international lesbian gay by tri transsexual film festival that is running through june 29th uh you will be able to see their films uh this evening june 20th you can see second verse rebirth of poetry and and the title's misleading because it seems to be a rebirth of spirit uh, in, in watching this film. Um, it's something that I will have even told my dad to get out of his easy chair to, to you know, look for if it ever gets down to L.A. Uh, because it is a rebirth of spirit, not only for the young folks, but also for the people who are viewing it. So if you have a chance to see it, uh, this evening at 6 o'clock over at the Roxy, do so. And then you have Lesbros. I don't know where you women came up with it, um, but, <laughs> you know, I saw it. And I, I guess for me, uh, there has always been the whole idea of uh, separatists within the uh, gay and lesbian communities. And finally, it's saying separate no more. Bring it together. This is who you are. You are my familiar. Let's go, guys. You'll, you know, it's like, you know, having a lesbro means that you never are uh, uh, in want of a dance partner. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, and love know means never saying, having to say you're sorry. Lesbro means never having to dance alone. I'd like to thank Melinda, Dara, and Carl for joining me today. And uh, any final words, any final websites, any final anything before we uh, sign off? You can check out uh, Second Verse at www.secondversefilm.com. You can also check out all of our work at corduroymedia.com. That's C-O-R-D-U-R-O-Y-M-E-D-I-A. We want to know who your lesbros are. Tell us all about them at my, on MySpace. Um, our name's Lesbros there and also on Facebook. Send us pictures, videos, and uh, watch for a lot more. And we are actually going to go out with uh, the song about Lesbros. You want to tell us who the artist is? And One uh, of our co-producers for the film, Bryn Gelbard, wrote the song based on our kind of idea and theme. And she kind of stars in the film. And the film has the music element part, so music video element. And so she sings the song and, and worked with another one of the Lesbros from the film, Scottish Andy. If you recall, right, yeah, and so yeah. he did the beats, and so they laid down the track together. So, Lesbros, don't you know? Thank you so much uh, for joining me and and putting up with me, and good luck yeah. in the future with your career. Thank, Thank you, so you. Thanks so much, Vinny. Oh.
The Frameline LGBT Film Festival runs through June 29th at venues in San Francisco and Berkeley. For more information, visit frameline.org. win-win situation? You, donating a vehicle to an organization that you believe in, and then claiming a charitable contribution on your next tax returns. It's easy. You can support KPFA, your independent public broadcaster, by calling toll-free 1-866-628-2277. That's 1-866-628-2277. Or visit www.vehiclesforcharity.org More information is available at kpfa.org See? A win-win situation. As always, we appreciate your support. You are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFC 